right, welcome everybody to the first uh, Brood Crew podcast. That is uh, Did you say Brood Crew me and Chev. or Brew Crew? Have we figured out our name All right. yet? <laughs> I said Brew Crew, but thanks, Chev. Anyway, yeah, it's me, Julian, and Chev. We're, uh, we're here. This is our you know first of hopefully a recurring segment where we're just going to get together and talk about things that are going on uh, in the world of magic. And today we've got some... Big, big mm. news, don't we, Chev? Right, we do. And we're coming live from our uh, multi-million dollar studio on the West Coast. Uh, or at least I am. I don't know where Julian is. Probably a dumpster somewhere. Uh, I am I am, I am. am recording live in a van down by the river. Ah, classic. But, you know, it's it's okay because I am cracking a cold one. So we're all good. Well, what are you, what are you drinking tonight, Julian? You know, Chev, I found this one. And I just... It's uh, called Sour Me Unicorn Farts, and it's a, a glittered <laughs> soured ale brewed with a fruity cereal and edible glitter. Okay. And I saw it, and I was like, the meme is too strong. And, you know, I just took a sip, and it's pretty tasty. The glitter definitely turns me off a little bit, but I'm interested to see how it is. I might uh, um, live vicariously through you. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to see the glitter in the can itself, so I'm just going to take their word for it. But it tastes good. Shout out DeClaw Brewing Company uh, from... <laughs> Baltimore, Maryland. So, shout out them for providing refreshment this evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you What do you have going on, Chef? I've got a um, Browns Brewery Joanne, which is one of their signature IPAs. Um, they're They're doing. They're. I am a Browns fan. Oh, they're They're fantastic. Not the. Uh, <laughs> not the. Not the. Not the team, but the right, other brewery. The brewery. Uh, I, I recently found out they were doing all kinds of you know takeout options for um, uh, the COVID crisis. So I went down with a buddy of mine last week. And we just picked up a ton of cans and growlers and stuff. And so this one has been pretty good so far. Um, excited to try some of their other stuff. I have their Cherry Raz as well. And that one has definitely lived up to expectations. But yeah, right now it's a nice, clean New England pale ale. That's what we like to hear. So anyway, getting back on topic, we have big news in the magic world. Uh, we are just coming out hot off a banner restricted announcement on the 1st of June, the year of our Lord, 2020. And we have bannings in standard, historic, and an official rules change. That's right, in errata. They are changing the actual text on cards. So, and this only comes uh, like let's a, get into it. a week or two after they made the bannings for Brawl and Legacy and Vintage. It seems weird that we split them up by, like, what was it, a week, two weeks? But probably not going to get into that. <laughs> yes. Um, and, I mean, we'll, we'll, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss what exactly happened, but I'm thinking it has to do with the... Uh, Paper release? The outrage of of the the outrage of the collective collective Reddit. Mm. Uh, I think Wizards was hoping that they could avoid this, but uh, that's been a long time. There coming. has been enough enough movement that uh, I think they felt like they had to take action. So anyway, what actually happened? Well, in standard and historic, we had two cards banned. They're the same two cards from each of those formats: Agent of Treachery, Fires of Invention. Mm-hmm. Jeff, how do you feel about that? I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> I mean. I've never been a fan of... Uh, I, I recently only just got back into Standard with, I think, Theros Beyond Death. Um, so being mm-hmm. face-to-face with Fires of Invention, that was never a really enticing matchup, uh, particularly with the Jeskai Fires original build. And then with you know the companion mechanic and the Yorian pile, uh, having both Treachery, Agent of Treachery and Fires, it was just a terribleness waiting to happen sort of thing. And, you know, I, I can't say these things have done much for the format, you know, positively, so glad they're gone. 
I would agree. I uh, I started getting back into standard back in M20, so a little bit before you, about six months before you. Mm-hmm. And I remember in Eldraine, uh, no one was really paying attention to Fire's Invention yeah. because Oko was a thing, and, <laughs> and briefly before that, Golos and Field of the Dead was a thing. Right, right, they had bigger problems. Um, exactly, but then once that was gone, Fire's was this deck that kind of always existed and was always in the top tiers, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was ever, it never had the spotlight until kind of that Theros Beyond Death, like you were saying, where it just became like, it was always in and out of the well, de facto that's, best that's deck. That's the thing about it, right? So when it was tested, like it was tested against other Eldering cards and, you know, some of the cards that have kind of come out, and when they're evaluating the ability of this card against the threats of only Eldering as, you know, things you can pull out with the... Um, Oh, shoot, what's the exact text again? It's, you know, play two cards equal to uh, the number of lands you control? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. so knowing what cards you can play in Eldorain, you know, they were able to play it effectively, not necessarily fairly, but at least as a powerful card that isn't too overpowered. But as more and more sets come out, um, I think this was also in Wizards' official reason for the banning, but, you know, there's more and more threats that they didn't fully realize would be a problem when combined with fires. And it just becomes, you know, another issue with this fast mana pace that we've been on recently and when you keep adding these things that fires can play effectively before anyone else it's just it's doomed for disaster yeah that that has been a a common thread in terms of what's been plaguing standard recently is this just ridiculous production of mana and i think fires was definitely the most egregious culprit so i'm yeah happy it's gone uh it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens with the other big mana strategies because there are several cards that weren't addressed in this banned format. Um, but before we talk about that, allow me to go off on Agent of Treachery for a second. <laughs> this card. All right. So Chev, Chev, as someone who is in our playgroup and as someone who is in our commander playgroup, knows that I love to play big mana control. Mm-hmm. I'm talking Esper. I'm talking Bant. I'm talking Grixis. I'll play it all. But if we're playing Drago and then we're dropping big haymakers... So Agent of Treachery, when I originally saw it, I was like, this card is sweet. This is exactly what I want. And somehow, Standard has just completely ruined it for me. <laughs> I never want to see this card again, and I'm so happy that it's gone. Well, it's the kind of thing... My biggest you're problem... stealing cards, it's just like, it's, it's great for you, but it sucks for everyone else. <laughs> yes, yes. It never feels good to have your cards stolen, um, you know, and... We, we've had uh, different times where within our playgroup, things like uh, Blatant Thievery, which steals a permanent from mm. each opponent, has been played. That never feels good. No. Um, and I mean, this is the same thing. My my biggest problem with Agent of Treachery is that there is a crucial word missing from the card, and that is non-land. Mm. So the problem for me is, and especially Fires just exacerbates this, but when you can ramp out an Agent of Treachery on turn four or five or whatever and then you know i might have a threat out and you might take that threat and that doesn't feel great but the worst part is when you just start taking lands yeah there have been games when i've played against agent of treachery and due to them playing multiple agents or having various ways to uh yeah fasa is a big combo with that um you know and all of a sudden i go from having eight lands in the late game to you know eventually conceding with four lands that's just a problem and i don't think that's something that should be in uh in a standard right, it's not only so fast i'm, I'm mana, glad it's gone it's also taking the mana away from you so it's like doubly as effective right and plus 
in like a sick way, like you're ramping yourself now because I am losing that land and mm. you're now gaining yeah, that land yeah. too, <laughs> which which helps with fires too because you can just play it for free now. So anyway, I will get off my soapbox. I'm glad that Agent is banned, um, and I'm glad that Fires is banned. Um, so good on you, Wizards. I think you could have hit a few more things, uh, but this is a step in the right direction. Um, I'm still... I'm still looking at Teferi. That that card needs to go. And I don't know how I feel about this core set with more te- Teferis, but that's, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. Spoilers start pretty soon, so right. Hopefully, hopefully we hear what the Teferis are going to be first, so we have the most times to come to term and complain about it. But yeah, luckily, yeah. you know, with rotation, old Teferi or three Teferi will be out in uh, the fall. So, I mean, like, yeah, the fall will definitely help. Mm-hmm. Get rid of a lot of stuff. So, um, anyway, let's talk about our other big, uh, change here, and that is the companion mechanic, which is just fresh off Ikoria, has been officially changed. So, I have the, uh, the official announcement in front of me, and it says, once per game, anytime you could cast a sorcery, which means it's during your main phase and there's nothing on the stack, Mm -hmm. you can pay three generic mana to put your companion from your sideboard into your hand. This is a special action, not an activated ability. So that's important just because it means can't be countered or responded to. Right, just like um, Morph. Right, exactly. Um, so this is a big change because before, obviously, you could just play it from your sideboard whenever, um, which takes away a lot of the ability to interact with it exactly. and plan for mm-hmm. it. So how do you how do you feel about this, Chev? This is a big change. Obviously, Wizards does not do rules changes. I think the last rules change we saw was when they changed the legend rule, which was multiple years ago. No, the the last one was when they did the uh, Planeswalker stuff. When they changed the text of over seven hundred cards from the any target to the whole. Remember that whole like redirect to Planeswalker thing? Oh, true. Yes, that was true. a huge one. But that it, it was more yeah, made sense. That was though, right? big. Yeah, because like it's kind of understandable where all that was going. Where this is more confusing, particularly right. It was more of cards. a it was more of a convenience thing. Where this is a a, a bona fide rules change. Yeah, I think some. But of anyway, definitely. I mean, nothing can really benefit from the pandemic. But I believe maybe they were more ready to change the actual wording on the card since no one is really playing in paper right now uh since they can really just change the card itself online and that's going to be 99 percent of play and we're going to be good and then you know when ikoria gets reprinted uh they can have the new text on there so i think you know with this digital age it allows them to be a little more free with how they wanted to change it as opposed to outright banning the mechanic which i think you know this this toned down version of it definitely still has some ability to be powerful uh, we, we don't know yet how powerful, because it's really, like, we're going to see now how many of these decks relied on these cards for their strategy, and how many just found them really good to have access to. Um, and so some of them, you know, like, while it was kind of helpful to have, it didn't really make the deck, uh, the, the deck wouldn't be played differently, really, if the companion wasn't there. Something like, I'm thinking of the red-black Obosh aggro deck. Uh, where it can pretty much function well on its own without Obosh. Obosh just really helps, sort of thing. Um, right. But I, I definitely think I think decks like the Luris deck is certainly going to be see played less when you have other options of uh, cat oven sort of like structures to build around. You don't necessarily 
want to have to spend six mana on Loris when everything is going to be so cheap anyway. Um, as for Yorion, maybe maybe we'll finally see... Well, no, that's right, because with Fires gone, um, we won't be seeing a 60-card Fires deck anytime soon. So, yeah, it, it, I think this is like one of the biggest shakeups that could happen, and it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I'm not really sure. So, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, finish your thought, because then I, I've got a whole other tangent I want to go down. <laughs> so I, I'm not really sure, you know, what's going to be kind of left when the dust settles that's unaffected, uh, or how many decks are really going to be thinking, do I need that uh, companion, or... Is it really worth that extra three mana I have to play to put it into my hand? I mean, we're not playing a lot of cards that take stuff out of hands right now, but obviously that could change if that turns out to be a um, particular thing, if people are still really pushing companions after this, which I don't think they will be. Right. Okay. So I think you made a lot of good points. I think, uh, I think the first thing I want to address is we've established that this new rule change is a good rule change, but... Do you think it would have been better for them to just start banning things, or do you think that this this um this errata is is a is a more positive direction than starting to ban things? I would say I would say that this errata is a, a better step than just banning things, and and that's because you know at their core these companions are a really cool idea to build your deck in a particular way and then benefit from the strategy of doing that. And I think the main issue was it was so easy to throw in these companions and play them whenever that they became super powered. But by making it more of a cost of entry to get these companions onto the battlefield, like you really have to want them. And so now you have to make the deck building decision like, does my deck really benefit from having this extra ability and how can my deck really warp to that idea? So I think what we're going to see is maybe something more pure or related to uh, what Wizards might have been originally going for, where we have these decks that you know come up without companions they're you know what we're what we're expecting in magic now uh but then we have some more fringe decks or or some that are more focused around the individual ability of their commander to the point where it's like you know this strategy really wouldn't work if we didn't have access to this commander or uh <laughs> companion you can see companion. where my mind is well yeah. Yeah, <laughs> i think no i think you're right though because i think they do kind of function i think they originally were kind of supposed to function like a commander of sorts, mm -hmm. right? And this, exactly. I think, I think this kind of pushes them even more in that direction. The companion in that tax. Now, yeah, <laughs> the companion tax, right? There's an analog, and then also, like you were saying, you really need to want mm -hmm. it now. There's, the, I think, the biggest problem was that, like you're saying, it's just such a free roll to put all these cards, exactly. and most of them are, are, are powerful to, you know, broken enough <laughs> to start getting banned right. Loris um and also Zerda much love for Zerda check out the Zerda video um but uh yeah now you really need to you need to want it so they are almost like little uh little commanders mm. all right well um I was thinking we could go through all 10 companions there's only 10 of them right so let, let's talk about each one a little bit and just see what's actually going to be playable and we, we can discuss all formats um I'm going to be looking at it mostly from a standard lens but we can talk about uh, uh, brawl as well, and also maybe some older formats. So uh, let me let me quick, real quick, just pull up a list of all the companions, and let's kind of discuss what their uh, what their role going forward is now. Yeah, I had to refresh myself on what these are too. <laughs> quick plug: we're not sponsored, but Scryfall. If you do want to sponsor us, we'd love that. <laughs> Scryfall is an excellent, uh, yeah. excellent searching tool. 
All right, so let's just go alphabetical. I've got the list here. Okay. The first one I'm looking at is Gyruda, Doom of Depths, the uh, <laughs> the Demon Kraken, the All Evens. Chev, how do you feel about this card? Overall, I, I gotta say, you know, when I'm locked against a Garuda, Garuda, Spark Double, Garuda, Garuda, I'm not the biggest fan. But I definitely think of the threats that were out there prior to this companion rule change, it wasn't the most annoying, I would say. Like, if they can get the six mana going and play their first Garuda, um, it definitely, like, got started and was difficult to deal with if they hit all of their, I don't know what you want to call it, mills. <laughs> I didn't think you could ever hit a mill. Right, but, right. right. They're, yeah, they're they get all of those drops, and then yeah. they're able to keep going. What I see is... I think the fundamental aspect of the deck won't change. I think people will still try to play it because it's really once Garuda gets out there, then everything else goes to hell. So it's it's really like this just puts them back a turn when it comes down to it. You're putting it into the hand, and unless the other guy has any other interaction, a yes, it kind of forecasts that they're going to play Garuda soon. But at the end of the mm -hmm. day, it's really just pushing it a turn back. And if they're playing blue-black correctly, they're going to have a few counter spells to, you know, uh, make sure Garuda can enter the battlefield cleanly the following turn. Right. I would agree. I think Garuda is actually one of the biggest winners, or not necessarily winners, but one of the, the decks that is the most unchanged. Yeah, I would, I would um, agree. Relative, relative to the rest of them. Because Garuda is, at its core, it's just a combo deck, really. Mm -hmm. So and, and also, they're not playing anything on turn three. So if on turn three they just spend their three mana... Yeah, exactly. And they put Garuda in their hand. It's just gonna hang out. It's there, fine. Yeah. Doesn't make much. Yeah. Plus, this is a deck. This is a deck where they're playing another three in the main deck, so they have more consistency than these other decks. So I think Garuda, uh, much to my chagrin, because I, I I do not like playing against the deck. Yeah. Um. I I think that is going to stick around and be a deck. Yeah, it might be um, a bigger threat now that uh most of the competition has been taken out. Yeah, well, I think I think a lot of people might turn to it, especially since it is so good in best of one, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to best of three. Um, so, you know, there's not you won't uh, have time to really you don't have time to side yes. side right. for it, yeah. you know. So, all right, so Garuda uh, probably will end up seeing a little bit more play. Um, probably not that affected. Um, maybe is like a turn slower, mm -hmm. but not terrible. All right, next is Gigant of the Wellspring, which is the uh, the one that taps for uh, Wooberg. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think I've ever seen this played, at least not against me. No, I, I haven't seen it in Standard either. The most place that I've seen Gigantha is in, um, what's the king from Eldraine? Kenrith. In Kenrith Brawl decks. Kenrith? Yeah. As just kind of another oh. extra card to have. Is it played... As a companion? Yes, it's yeah, played, it's as, played a companion. as a companion in the Kenrith Brawl deck where, as an aside, you probably won't see any difference because you, when you have access to green in a format like Brawl, just like Commander, things get out of hand relatively quickly. So again, like especially with Kenrith costing 5, you don't have much to do turn 3 or you're playing a Mana Dork. Um, so you're going to be able to get the 3 mana and Gigantha into your hand relatively easily. Uh, and generally there are bigger, bigger threats to deal with than a giant Mana Dork. So, as as far as Brawl goes, I definitely don't see any change in Gigantha's play, and this companion rule change certainly doesn't make Gigantha more likely to see play in Standard. Agreed. I, I The only time I've heard of Gigantha being played was... I heard uh, that it was being played in Modern a little bit, in, like, Zoo decks and Humans decks. Interesting. Uh, I, think that, I think that's impossible now. Yeah, no, Those decks want to go really so fast. That. 
Yeah, so they want to go so fast that I, I don't think it's possible. So I don't think Giganta will be seeing that much play. Not that it was seeing that much play anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one we're looking at is Kahira the Orphan Guard, um, a.k.a. the uh, the one with the cutest art because it's got all those yeah, little babies on there. <laughs> yep. So this is the one that cares about your your creatures being cats, elementals, nightmares, dinosaurs, or beasts, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the the main clades on um, Ikoria. Uh, once again, not a card that I've seen that often. No. Um, I've, I see the occasional... I actually just the other day I did play against a, a pretty 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 reasonable cat tribal deck in standard. Really? But um wow. other than that Yeah. I mean I also was playing a slow deck, so it didn't help that I was just getting <laughs> beat down by uh there's like the one one uh cat that has lifelink and then yeah. when it comes in it buffs all the other ones that are like yep. that. And then a jo- into a Johnny's Pride mate into Kahira. Yeah, that's that's a difficult. It's uh, it's rough. <laughs> um, but but anyway, yeah, Kahira. I don't know. I I think once again, I think this is just not good news because every deck Kahira wants to be in, they want to be curving out, they want to be aggressive, and I think exactly. having to pay that three for your lord is yep. is just no good. Yeah. Um, have you seen Kahira anywhere? Um, again, I've I've seen it mostly with Brocco's brawl decks. Um, particularly, so Brocco's, you know, has that can be played from the graveyard and is always like mutating onto something. It's not as big of a interaction as it would be in Commander when you have Commander damage, um, but in Brawl, it mm-hmm. still sees a fair amount of play with Kahira as a companion. I don't see much of that changing because again, it's kind of just like a free card, so to speak. So whether or not you end up playing it in a game. If all the creatures in your deck are mutate, which means they're probably one of the types of Ikoria, Cat, Elemental, Nightmare, Dinosaur, or Beast, then you're not going to see much difference uh, in terms of its play in that format. But yeah, it's certainly not helping it in Brawl any. Right. Um, let's talk about the next one, Karuga and the Macro Sage, the Dinosaur Hippo <laughs> uh, that cares about things three or more. Right. Um, I, I gotta be this honest. This one, I'm going to... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, the only times I saw this were in fire decks, and that was like really right at the beginning um, of the Aquaria standard. And I haven't seen it played much anywhere else. I I would agree. Yeah, I I still see it occasionally in fire decks, mm-hmm. um, but it, w- it definitely was a uh, a fad more when Aquaria had just come out. But like you're saying, I think this deck. I don't think Karuga sees any play no. with this change and also fires being banned. I don't think it's going to see any play at all. No, there's no standard deck you want where the rest of your deck has uh, nothing below three mana. You've just, like, wasted three turns, and now you're not casting fires on turn four to get you back all that, you know, time you've missed. And you're just you're sitting exactly. with a fat dinosaur hippo in the companion zone or whatever. I don't think there's any reason to play this card. Now... Because of the the pandemic and everything, we have not played Commander as a playgroup in a while, but I think that Karuga is actually very strong in Commander. Really? I think so, yes, because you want to play a lot of big things, um, so you're going to have a lot of things that are three or more, mm-hmm. and it's a reasonable-sized body that draws a bunch of cards in Simic, which is arguably the best color combination <laughs> and the best at ramping and playing big things in Commander. I would say I, I think that it has the... Uh, potential but i feel like you know when you take out a lot of those lower cost ramp spells and all of your mana dorks and all of your um 
uh, low-cost counter spells, like, you're really losing a ton of stuff that you don't even think about are um, lower than three mana. And so I feel like it would be interesting. That's, that's a build I'd really like to see. Like, can the fact that you have access to this one extra card um, that's going to cost you a total of eight mana to draw a card for each other permanent you control with converted mana cost three or greater, if that makes up for losing access to all mana dorks, two mana counter spells, two mana mana rocks, and everything else that you take for granted, even in Simic. Okay, you know what? You might have you might have got me. I I was not when you said it cost an eight mana total. I was like, oh yeah, that's granted. You can pay in installments, but it's still like you know we're playing commander here, right? So you, yeah. you have access to better draw spells. I think at the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. I I, I think if you played it in the ninety nine, it would be strong. Let me revise my statement. Mm. I think in the ninety nine, it would be strong. So I think I think it will see play. I don't know if it'll see play as a companion. Yeah. Like uh, w what about? What about that Garrick modal spell from Eldrain? First mode is all non-humans get plus three plus three, and then the other mode is draw a card for each non-human creature you control. Uh, draw a card for the greatest power amongst gotcha. non-human okay. creatures you yeah. control. Tall as opposed to wide. I was getting yeah. confused. Yeah, you know, you, that is, that is, that is just a better card. But <laughs> it is modal. It is modal. Mm -hmm. So that gives it an edge. But I, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Let me revise my statement. I think Haruga would be strong in um decks in the 99 yeah as long as you're thinking about it but, like a five mana draw spell i think you're right i think that could be very powerful if you have a board state full of large creatures i guess for me i'm, I'm trying to think of times our play group has ended up with large board states of creatures now granted maybe we don't have a lot of creature themed decks but i don't know i feel like we've been lacking a bit besides you know a battle cruiser here and there when it comes to board states recently Maybe. Oh, well, remember, Karuga cares about permanence, so it's oh, not necessarily you're creatures. Right. Of course, yeah. I've got my head but wrapped around. But now that you're saying it, it, it is. There, there are so many board states that are, are seam wide because they have just a bunch of like dorks or like if you're paying a patra, mm -hmm. your ten snakes don't <laughs> count for this. Right. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Anyway. Let's uh. Let's right, let's move on. on. <laughs> We've talked enough about Karuga for the fact that it's probably not going to see any yeah. more play. Um, alright, the elephant in the room, or the, aka the, the cat nightmare. nightmare cat in the room. Yes, uh, Luris of the Dream Den. Um, already banned in Vintage mm -hmm. and Legacy, so we're not going to talk about that. Not that the other ones have really been seen. Actually, Garuda has seen a little bit of play in Legacy, uh, for the record. But, um, so not going to talk about that. Um, I think, honestly, for Modern and Standard, I think Luris is... Uh, I think it'll still get played because it's essentially a free roll, mm -hmm. but it, it has nowhere near the dominance that it wanted. Um, yeah. All the Luris decks were really trying to be super low to the ground, super fast. There's been uh, a mono black and also a mono white Luris deck that I've seen a lot in the queues mm -hmm. um, recently. Um, and those decks really rely on Luris, especially the mono black one, because there's a lot of like sacrificing and then just bringing stuff back immediately. Yeah. And not being able to play Luris right on turn three or turn four um, is going to be, I don't want to say a death knell, but I, I think 
those decks are going to really fall to tier two or maybe lower. I, th- um, I think, and I think same thing in modern. Yeah, I I don't know. It's definitely like harder on Loris at the beginning of this. I feel like it has the chance to still be pretty powerful, but I think it's going to rely a lot more heavily on what you draw. Like I, I think again, you know, this this whole mechanic change is focusing on making companions less consistent in the games that you're sort of up against. And I feel like, you know, that mm-hmm. really does this because unless you have a strong enough board state that you can basically sit around for turn three to get Lurse into your hand to prepare for turn four, which a lot of the time you don't want to be doing that early, um, I think it'll definitely be interesting to see where he uh, or where they lie versus, uh, again, you know, the dominance they've seen. I think it could come back up to the same level of dominance depending on how the meta sort of shifts and adjusts to the fact that really no one can be playing companions the same way anymore um that they were used to besides garuda really right i do i actually just had this thought though i do think loris would be interesting as a as a companion like just a one of Mm. in like some variation of an esper or blue white or blue black control deck Mm. because if you're playing a lot of like instants and sorceries right and then late in the game you can play Luris, bring back something like a Glass Casket or a Birth of Malibus yeah, or a Deadweight. I think that would be interesting. That might actually, I might, <laughs> no, I might pursue that. We'll see. That that could be interesting. I want, I really want Control to be good again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's just, but there's, well, eh, we're we're trending maybe, but anyway, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that could be good. I think Luris definitely still sees play. I think it'll probably see the most play. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, for sure, it's still the most other powerful. than uh, other than. Other than other than maybe one more that we'll get to later, um, but I think that a lot of these dedicated Luris decks, like the aggro decks, I think they are they take a big hit. Yeah, they'll definitely need All to right. reevaluate. Let's go. Yeah, let's go to the next one. Uh, Lutri the Spellchaser. <laughs> Is it uh, Elemental Otter? Uh, Insta banned already in Commander, yep. so we're not talking about that. I haven't um, seen this guy since those Insta bans. Was it? Was it banned in Brawl yep, as well? it's banned in Brawl. I, I really... I don't know. I, I That's something for another day, but I, I don't think I agree with that. I, I don't think this card is powerful enough to justify banning it like it's, that. It's but not anyway. a power level thing. It's just a 61st card. So it's just the fact that there's no deck that can't add this, really. I mean, color identity. But there's no red-blue deck that can't benefit from having just an extra free card so it's really it's more about you know the the philosophy behind the games of brawl and commander as opposed to actual power of the spell chaser it's just access to another effect yeah that's fair enough but yeah i uh i have not seen this card in standard i have not heard of this card anywhere except for surprisingly in vintage because um I think copying like a time walk or an ancestral recall yeah. would be pretty good. Um, and also they play so many uh, like one ofs cause they have the restricted list. Right. That, uh, but I think now having to pay an extra three for this in a format like vintage, no way, nope. there's no way that this card sees any play other than no. in it's such a casual sort of card. Decks. Like I, I'm assuming, you know, this was meant for a draft environment that, I mean, when I've drafted, I've still never seen it come up. Um, but I can't think of another format that benefits from needing to have every card in your deck be a different name. Like, that's not consistent for any of the formats that require it. And then the formats that are built for that, Commander and Brawl, it's banded. So I, I don't know where right. Lutri is supposed to be calling home. I think 
I think it's it's partly just something interesting to do if you're one of those sort of brewers. But I think a lot of it is in is in draft. Um, I have seen it, I think, twice in draft. Okay. And it's been pretty. I mean, it's it's pretty strong when you can, uh, you know, on turn five play fire prophecy. Yeah, Copy true. fire prophecy or. God forbid you get to turn seven and you can blood curdle, copy blood curdle. That's very strong. Yeah. Um, um, I have had a, I, I the, actually, the fire prophecy one did happen to me, um, but they were playing Grixis. So luckily they, they played a blood curdle later, but they didn't, they didn't get to copy it. But yeah, I think, I think a uh, draft is where blue tree mm-hmm. is going to live for, for perpetuity. Okay. Next, we're talking about Obosh the Prey Piercer. So all odds, uh, double your damage. Now, I think that this guy is going to be potentially the most played um, alongside Luris. Really? Because the the mono red deck that you were talking about earlier, and I have seen Rakdos versions of it too, but mostly the mono red deck mm-hmm. um, that has been playing this, I think is quite strong um, in that I've lost to it many times. Um, <laughs> and they... They are going so low anyway. They play so many one drops mm-hmm. that I think them taking their turn three or turn four, you know, play a one drop and also tap three to get their Obosh, I think is still going to be worth it for them because basically once once they play Obosh, if you can't instant speed interact with Obosh, you pretty much lose the game. Mm-hmm. Because if they're playing correctly at that point, they have a board of multiple things. They've already done a significant amount of damage to you, and they're about to swing in and either clear your board or kill you. Um, so I think Obosh doesn't really lose much from this ban. Um, because once once Mono Red has enough uh, time and mana to yeah. pay for um, you know three to get Obosh in, they have enough to pay for Obosh, and that's, like I said, that's... That's basically yeah, it for I, you. So I think I, I don't know. I'm 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 interested to see if that's what happens, but I feel like, you know, a lot of these decks were kind of changed um, from the Ember Cleave mono red decks that we saw prior to Vicoria to fit Obosh because of the ability is so powerful. But I feel like some of those are gonna be going back to the Ember Cleave sort of strategies we know because now that it costs an additional three, like if I'm a mono red player I'm trying to murder you as fast as possible without worrying about any sort of, you know, on turn four only playing one one drop and then holding. Like at that point, I could have a state big enough to drop my Ember Cleave as opposed to taking a turn to put Obosh into my hand to play next turn. And so I, I feel like, you know, there's a chance that Obosh comes in with a similar level of power, but I feel like the restriction now on him is large enough that it makes the cards that were sacrificed to include Obosh um more beneficial to have in your deck particularly Embercleave. really just talking about Embercleave. yeah ember Embercleave is extremely strong i do think it's going to be a huge i mean it's already been a player in the format for a while and i think it's going to be even bigger player in the format now that things like fires have mm-hmm. uh, have gone um i think that's a good point and um my original favorite pseudo damage doubler torbrand <laughs> Um, is not allowed to be played. Yeah, exactly. Is not there's, a, there's another he, he, one. Yeah, so I think, I, I'm, I'm hoping, I personally hope Torbrand decks make a comeback just because I played a Torbrand deck for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I really like that deck, so I would love for that to come back. Yeah, try it out. Uh, um, what is it, June 4th, when these changes go into play? So, whip out uh, Torbrand and see what Brave New World there uh, he's facing. Yes, I think I was I was, uh, I was was telling you uh, earlier that I, I went, I logged onto Arena, and I was like, all right, good, no fires, like, no agent, <laughs> we're good to go. And then I just faced, like, three decks that had Luris as their companion. I faced two fires decks, and I got, uh, I actually got Winoted with Agent of Treachery. Yep. Um, and I was like, oh, yes, we, uh, we still need to wait for these changes to go Everyone, effect, these so. next couple days are going to be brutal as everyone tries to get the last plays out of these decks. Yeah, I mean, well, whatever. <laughs> Let them have it. As, as long as things are changing for the better, I'm good yeah, for that's it. Fair. All right, we have three more companions I want to, I want to talk about. Um, let's, let's bang these out real quick and then, uh, get on to, uh, our next little topic. Uh, Umori the Collector, essentially make all your, your creatures cheaper um this card already hasn't seen a lot of play it's just too fair yeah it's just a beat down card um and i think that adding that that three mana you just want to curve out this is no good for right me. yeah and and it's definitely seen some play in brawl that i've seen um but when you when you're now addressing it as a seven mana uh cost negator by one and you're thinking about all that mana you could have just cast on your creatures like i know it's not a one-to-one -one comparison but like if i'm looking at seven mana that could have gone towards seven creatures one mana reduction like i kind of feel like at what point yeah maybe it just hangs out in the command or the uh, companion zone for a rainy day but nine times out of ten you're not going to be end up playing omori uh, in comparison to any of these other cards that you could yeah i, I would agree um it's just i i don't know um, I guess, like you were saying, you could just leave it in the command zone, and I do think that a lot of people, at least at first, are still going to play right, the same exact decks companions. and just see how often they're playing their commanders. Or right, companions. or just slightly tweak, <laughs> slightly tweak their decks and keep a companion um, in the because I mean you're only giving up one sideboard slot, and plus so many people on arena are doing play one, best, best of one. one. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's it is sort of free. So I think a lot of people will try and keep these, but I think the amount of times that they actually play their companion, or the amount of times it's correct mm -hmm. to pay that three mana and then play their companion, I think is going to go down drastically. Exactly. All right. Um, another scourge on the format, Yori in the Sky Nomad, um, most infamous for its interaction with Fires, which is now gone, mm -hmm. um, in various versions of the Jeskai deck, uh, Jeskai Luka, which has had... Obscene win rates, that's part of the reason that Fires got banned. It was having, you know, 60% win rates, which is just not acceptable if you want a, a diverse format. Um, I think, once again, Yorian is one of those companions that's going to stick around as, like, a one of... In the companion slot, in the sideboard, whatever you want to call it. Because mm -hmm. um, it has a track record of being powerful in control decks. Right. And control decks are, you know, they want to go long anyway. So they're going to have three mana lying around at some point. Um and then, you know, when you get the chance to flicker, uh, you know, Banishing Lights and Elspeth Conquers Deaths and uh, Teferi Time Ravelers and Narset, you know, three-mana Narsets, uh, that's... I, I have had the chance to do that a few times, um, and it's it feels very good, and it's very powerful. Yeah. So I, I think Yorian's going to stick around. It's not going to have its dominance. Right. Like it doesn't it, have it its best do. buddies um, anymore, but that's okay. Yorian will survive without them. Right, exactly. Yorian plus Fires is just disgusting, so... Well, I think Yorian is going to be uh, 
not super, not super hit mm-hmm. um, regarding that. Um, all right, last one. Zerda, the Dawn Waker, uh, has a special place in my heart. Um, unfortunately, wasn't really seeing play other than in Legacy, where it already got banned. <laughs> um, and I think the only person playing it in Standard was me. Once again, shout out. Watch the video. Uh, but that deck, that deck now dies with uh, this this rule change because yeah, we just we were dirt- dirtling too much anyway. We can't afford that extra three mana. Uh, Chev, any any thoughts? No, on Zerda? You're, you're definitely the Zerda master at this point. <laughs> I don't I don't really see how Zerda. I didn't see Zerda before, and from what I know about the infinite mana strategy employed by Zerda, um, it's it really can't survive in this new world. No, no, unfortunately, uh, that is one casualty. Uh, that really hurts, though, because I do, I do like Zerda. Um, you should give it a whirl just wish... once, just see what happens. I I do plan on still casually playing that Zerda deck mm-hmm. because uh, trying to think does it does it rotate in the fall? Yeah, it would rotate the fall after this one. Oh, oh, are you talking about cards in the deck? Um. We would lo- we would lose a couple cards actually, so it, it it could it could still work. Oh wait, no, it wouldn't work because gaunt gaunt well gauntlets of light. If you haven't seen it, is one of the combo pieces. Gauntlets rotates, so yeah, so Zerda would die anyway. But I'm, I I do plan to casually play a little bit mm-hmm. over the next couple months. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be too hot. I will not be playing in the ranked key <laughs> if that's what if that's what you're wondering. So, all right, so I think we've we've pretty covered all the companions yeah. pretty extensively. Um, yeah, this is definitely a big hit for um, them playability wise, but I think it was, I think it was a a correct move mm-hmm. in that these things really needed to uh, to be nerfed a little bit. Right. So, um, let's talk about going forward. Let's uh, let's talk about going forward and wrap this thing up. What 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 do you think we're going to start seeing um, in terms of? the metagame going forward what's gonna what's gonna come out are we going to have new decks are we going to have old decks come back uh what do you think is gonna happen jeff well i think it's gonna be an interesting shift for everybody there's going to be the first couple of weeks like you said are gonna be everyone kind of playing their their old decks besides fires and kind of like timidly seeing how well that companion actually works in that role like okay are you still as useful to me as you were before the ban? Obviously, the answer is going to be no, but how much is the strategy affected? And I think like we're going to see a sort of slowness to standard for a little bit to adapt to these changes. Because, again, this isn't like our normal change to standard where a card is banned and then so one deck is just out and needs to be kind of adjusted or completely forgotten, but the rest of the format stays the same. This is like companions are in every deck, and so every deck is affected by this. And so I think it's going to be longer before people realize, you know, are they working? Are they not working? And and when that happens, I definitely think we're going to start to see a lean towards previous strategies. I think Mono Red, Embercleave, and Torbrand is going to come back in force because that's a known deck that people are comfortable playing and is super powerful and low to the ground. And I think that's going to be the first sort of thing out of the gates in this uh, less companion-y uh, metagame. But after that, I think mm-hmm. I think we might see, yeah, I'm I'm expecting to see a lot more Euro and Torbrand. I think at the end of the day, and but I do think it'll be an interesting thing to see if there are more Ikoria cards that will see a moment in the spotlight, or when M twenty one releases soon, 
uh, like if there's going to be new strategies in there, because again, we're looking at 200 new cards in a couple of weeks. That's true. There is, you know, there, it will be interesting to, I think by the time M20 comes out, everyone will just as sort of figured out their new ratings on the format right. and then that will shake everything up. Perfect. I agree with you. I think, I think aggro in a lot of forms is going to come back. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think mono red is going to be big. Um, I, I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of this mono white deck and I think it's going to come back. Um, and then also you can't underestimate Gruul. Questing Beast is <laughs> just... I forgot about Questing Beast. I really... I am not a fan of Questing Beast, but it's just... You can't argue with the fact that it is an extremely good card. Yep. And basically any deck that plays, you know, four of such and such Mana Dork, four uh, Questing Beast and four Ember Cleave is going to be powerful. Yep. So I think that's going to come around. I also think that... Um, I also think that this gives... Uh, team of reclamation a chance to come back it was already a deck that was um kind of lurking mm -hmm. um, it's gonna live out its glory days it, exactly yeah yeah um but um i think it was a deck that its only real big competitor was um at first blue white control mm -hmm. and then fires which blue white control slash fires kind of morphed into jeskai luka right so i think now that you know that deck doesn't really exist i think Blue White or Jeskai Control will be a deck. I don't think it's going to be extremely strong. I think Wilderness Reclamation will be better than it, mm -hmm. which I I would like Blue White Control to be strong just because I like playing that deck. But um, I think I think Wilderness Reclamation is going to come back and people are going to remember what a powerful force in the format yeah. it was. And then also, like you were saying, I think um, I think Uro, namely ramp strategies, are going to be big again. Yeah. So. Because we haven't seen People any forgot. change on those fast mana cards from uh, Theros Beyond Death, um, or or even oh, I think that card's from Allegiance, the Utopia Sprawl, um, and and all all those sort of faster mana strategies, besides Fires of yeah, Mansion, are going I to think, see more play now. Yeah, I think people forgot how powerful the like Simic and Bant ramp with mm -hmm. Uros, you know. Growth Spirals, Cavalier of Thorns. I think those decks are going to come back and stomp some people because they just forgot how powerful yeah. they were. Yeah, they used to play Agent of Treachery and they don't have that anymore, but there's still plenty of exactly. things that you can do. Yeah. Name, you know, like the the Big Pig, the End Race Forerunners. I think that's gonna that's gonna hit a lot of people pretty hard. So I think personally, I might try a mono red deck for a little bit and try and take advantage of if the format does take a bit of a slow turn while people are timidly trying out strategies with their commanders without or with their companions without their companions and seeing if their same decks can sort of work i want to take advantage of that and be as aggressive as possible in these next few weeks i think it's a perfect opportunity to brush off your ember cleaves and your tour brands and just kind of go to town against people who are um hoping that their companions still have the same power they once did yeah, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of turn one fervent champions, and that's not something that I really like, but <laughs> I think it is the correct move. Mm -hmm. I personally will probably be trying to make uh, blue white slash Jeskai control great again, um, and I also want to dust off Jun food for mm -hmm. one last go around because a lot of that deck is going to be rotating in yeah. the fall. And I've been, I have been, uh, I was toying with a a list that had Obosh in it as a companion. Um, because really the only thing you lose from that deck is Trail of Crumbs, which is powerful. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the the rest of the deck is 
um, you can tweak it so that it's nice. So I, I think I might try and bring that back around and see how that does. Um, because I, I really like that deck back in the fall, back when it was a uh, tier one, tier 1.5, <laughs> um, before, uh, before Theros came out. Right. All right. Well, I think I've hit all the points that I want to cover. Is, is there anything that else is, else is weighing on your mind or that you want to bring up Chev before we put this uh, case closed? No, I, I mean, I think the only other thing to say is uh, spoilers for Core 21 will be starting probably before we try and do another one of these. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what this new um, set will bring. And hopefully less fast mana cards. Um, hopefully we're seeing a sort of like slowdown or maybe it's too soon to see a course correction almost to kind of take standard back a level. But um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that it has good fun cards. And that'll start on Thursday. I would agree. I think that, uh, well, I'm hoping that there is some change coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, we definitely know that there are new cards coming out, so hopefully they will impact the format. Um, you can count on us that we will be covering the spoilers because if there's one thing Chev and I love doing, it's just looking at spoilers, you know, I'll check my phone every half hour and be like, all right, what's new? Exactly. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess expect us back week. Uh, back next week talking about some of the spoilers that come out um, and talking a little bit more about how things are starting to shake out um, with this big shakeup. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's been uh, the Brew Crew, and we will sign out. Talk to you later. See you soon. <laughs>